The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. American soccer fans, welcome to episode 75 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the game of soccer in America. We are back from She Believes Cup, and we are recording this late on Thursday, February 24th, mostly because of me, uh, because of the ice storm in Dallas. Uh, travel was chaotic, to say the least. I just got home, but I wanted to spend this episode discussing the U.S. women's national team winning their fifth She Believes Cup. But I didn't want to do that by myself. So I have two incredible guests on this episode that were at the first two matches out in California. And together, we're going to discuss the entirety of She Believes in women's soccer in general. If you have not listened to these two, you are about to get familiar with Sky and Sills. They are the Shea Butter FC podcast, part of the Two Cents FC cultureverse, as our man Greg Grego would say. Uh, the Shea Butter FC podcast is two black women's perspectives on soccer, football, and everything in between delivering content with soul and seasoning that will moisturize your skin, lay your edges, and deepen your love for all things black women. And I should say we need more of that in the soccer space. So Sky and Sills, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, yo, you killed that. That was good. That was good. I was trying to be like, hey. oh we got to get I, you I had to practice. I, I, had to give it, I had to do it justice. Uh, I didn't want to mess that up. That. Yeah. So. Uh, thank you guys for being on the show. I, I want to start. We'll start. We'll get to the, your show in a little bit, but I want to start with She Believes Cup. You were out in California for the first two games. And let's start with the Czech Republic game, because I feel like that was the 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 most frustrating or struggle uh, sluggish of a game, a scoreless draw uh, between the Czech Republic and the U.S. women's national team. So, uh, Sky, I'll start with you from your seats. What, what were some of the issues you saw? in that game or were there issues? Is it just, it, was it more how the checks played or was it more how the U S kind of, you know, made it a sluggish affair with kind of a sloppy play? Um, it was a combination of both. So the Czech Republic came out really organized um, and they effectively showed why you need younger players, a part of the national team to play um, because they exploited the fact they knew what they could and couldn't do. And they leveraged and played the opponent in the U.S. and exploited some of their weaknesses, quotation marks, in the lack of experience where they played a defense or it was like, cool, you can do what you want to. You can be better in terms of technicality. You can do all this cool stuff. But if you don't put balls in nets, then you're not going to score. And so they had an organized defense that a mature, more veteran team could exploit that. Um, But they played into some of the tendencies of having younger talent who hasn't played on an international stage before, well, extensively, and hasn't played together. But then other issues were just like formation-wise, what, I don't know, Vlaco, what he was doing, deployed, <laughs> where it was like, what are we doing for what y'all were playing 
in terms of Czech Republic, uh, particularly personnel-wise in the midfield, um, you effectively had like double sixes uh, or people who've been playing sixes um, in Morgan Tra and uh, Andy Sullivan. But then also the fact, the right-back situation with Kelly O'Hara, what you had her doing, I'm assuming, because she was getting in people's lanes. She was right-backing and right-winging and central mm-hmm. forwarding and getting in people's spaces and wasn't playing with what was happening, what you could see above in development of play. Um, additionally, there were the times where I was wondering what he told Christy Mewis and Mitch Purse in particular, where they weren't just going to go shoot. They were like playing and doing whatever he wanted them to do in the midfield or as a winger in, in Midge's case, um, or didn't like make sense when it was like, y'all need to score. It's almost the end of the game. Um, so it was like the lack of experience in some cases for some of the younger players. Because uh, I know I could see Trinity when she came in, she was doing a lot of stuff where it was like, go put the ball in the net. <laughs> or even Katarina, <laughs> Sophia, uh, it was like, go put the ball in the net. Y'all doing a lot of dancing. Um, to other players like Kelly, like, why are you going in these lanes when the buildup it doesn't make sense because Emily Fox is not doing the same thing um, where it was more so a miscommunication. You've went in the world directions from Blacko as to also Czech Republic really organized. They did what they did, what they could do basically. Yeah. And so I'll bring you in here because I, I, I agree with you, Sky. I, it seemed I, the word I think I used in my mind was unbalanced. The, yep. What you were talking about, like with, Kelly being on one side going all the way up where Emily is just kind of sitting in the back. But I think the other thing that was kind of interesting is that normally when we play this high press, you see it just relentless going after, but, but still it felt like they were very tentative when it came to that. And it led to a lot of issues in organization. Do you agree with that or, or did you see it differently? No, I, I agree. It wasn't a full-on press all the time, which is wild, right? Because you have young enough players who can go, go, go in ways that maybe the veterans can't or, you know, they can go for a game and not a whole ter- a tournament. Um, so I don't know if this was the let's experiment and see some things game because there was also a time when, like, Kelly O'Hara was on the left side with Emily Fox, and so you only had two lines of defense. And I'm just like, but you're not asking Emily Fox to do the same thing as she didn't do it in the second half. And I was just really confused as to why she wasn't in the right back position or Sophia Smith was dropping back to the right back position, that even part. though she's a winger no, like, to defend. That. And I'm that like, that overlap shouldn't be happening at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the press wasn't on. I think, I think I heard somebody mention like some of the aim of that was to teach them like patience, how to sort of break down a low block. I agree with Sky. However, I don't think you do that with two sixes. And I think Morgan Control has more than earned her, you know, shot getting another look on the team. But I don't think that's the game you deploy that tactic. Because when Christy Mewis came in and was able to run at those lines a little bit, there was a little more joy. I don't know why Mitch Purse was central. That was yes, weird. that that was weird. Uh, she needs space. Like she <laughs> is a she's one v one. She's a one v one. She's gonna run at people. You can't knock her off the ball, but she can't do that centrally. Um, she is a winger to me. I don't. I wouldn't put Mitch centrally unless it's to cut in and out for some interplay. Um, but she lives on that wing. So there were just a lot of choices. Um, I liked I liked the interplay between Rose and, and Kat. I thought yes. that was cool. Yes. Um, I I don't, I guess we'll talk about the other, the other games later. Kat's so good, it, 
it matters, but it doesn't. But I'd really like us to actually commit to this false nine. Like if we're going to try it with her, if we're going to build around her. Yes. Let's really see what that looks like. Because you see, we have the talent to go with her, right? Like we have the wing talent and to go with her. I, I think in frustrating ways, finishing's hard for them. Yeah. Um, and that's usually a sign of youth, right? Like you learn how to finish. I feel like that'll like, come. Right. Yeah, It'll that come comes unless you're, experience. you know, right. a weirdo who takes 100 shots a day. Um, but like, you know, that that sort of uh, shout out. Hey, you missed that one, weirdo, actually. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that was one of those spaces where I'm like, yeah, like having one or two people who aren't afraid of the moment, who've been in those situations to link up with that young talent, um, I think comes back to your word, right? Balance. I think we've got to find that balance of, I think this team is probably going to be younger than not going into 2023, but I yes. think you do need a handful of you veterans, veterans who can badly. really, besides Becky, yes. who can really <laughs> finish chances, at least one or two, one on each line, like at least like five to six that right, can right. really settle everything who's been here. The moment's not too big. And you've got to find that balance between having them in form, right? They've got to earn it, but also, um, you know, giving the younger players enough of an opportunity. Um right. But yeah, I think just pressing relentlessly wasn't on in the cards for that. Um, I I didn't take it as they didn't want to win. They didn't want to score. We clearly created chances, but I thought that check defense was solid. I think they yeah. sat, they parked that bus. Um, yep. They really clamped down. And like Sky said, I think they knew the inexperience and I don't think they feared the goals. Yeah. Like they didn't right. fear those goal scorers right. in the same way yeah. with that inexperience. And so yeah. Yeah. they were able, able to make those choices. Right. And the irony is their next game, they created all those chances and lost to the Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, I think that was a learning experience, right. That's that frustration of like, dad, we should have won that game and we didn't win it. And creates that situation where now it's all or nothing at the end which is the pressure situation and you want them to work through that um but yeah I think that's interesting from Blacko who usually is a really big fan of the press and triggering the press and also though he doesn't have the players there who usually trigger his presses right so again Mm -hmm. he's got to teach that you know sort of system to these younger players who haven't played together um but but yeah I was gonna say two things uh so particularly we talk about using cat as a false nine I was also going to say, her, if you're going to put somebody centrally of the wingers that were available, Sophia Smith, because what her and Sophia Smith were doing centrally was amazing. And I was like, please put two people on the wings, whether even if it's Trinity too, um, Midge, Lynn, to go as they move centrally, because that's what you want, that interchange play. Um, And Sophia comfortably can drift centrally and is phenomenal at doing that. And they did that at Stanford a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. The other thing would be you missed Kristen Press, Tobin Heath, Maggie Rapino. Dare I say, even Alex Morgan, who is your typical nine, and given experience in terms of, yeah, how you triggered the press. Uh, in the case of Kristen, she could have told, I mean, I could just hear her screaming, shoot, like at sometimes that they needed that understanding. Um, you needed somebody like Tobin, even in the midfield, to just be like, hey, this is how you need to behave. This is when you need to shoot. This is when you need to midfield, you know, particularly being um, a guidance for like a Ashley Sanchez, Jalen Howell, some of the younger talent, even Kat, because um, she's a midfielder mm-hmm. all the time. Um, to Mike Rapino being like, it's time to go. It's time to shoot. 
it's time to go. You know, this is when we shoot. This is when we play in blah, 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 blah. You needed that veteran presence. So they got to find balance. Mm. Yeah. And I think, again, that comes as we talk about the the other games. There's one one player in particular that I think was just like, yeah, okay, let's shoot. Right. And I think that's an, I think that's a mentality in general, maybe in Wozo right now with very few exceptions to leagues. Like I think of League Mackey and some other leagues, but like, my argument's always shooting is a skill. It's, a, it's right. an art form. And yeah, it's practice, it's repetition, it's all of those things. But the audacity to take shots, like, and to just be able to put the ball on frame and the talent to put the ball on frame from, dis- from distance, up close, whatever, takes time. It takes playing in the professional game at, at high levels consistently against tough opponents. Um, and I don't know if all of those young players are quite there yet, quite trust their shot yet. Um, and some of it's too, just sometimes the goalkeeper's good, right? Like, and then I don't know, it was a combination. I think sometimes they just sort of hit, hit it with the wrong part of their foot, that kind of thing. Um, and again, that comes, I think that always comes last, but, um, it's there and you got, you got to have that mentality. Just put it on frame, like just put it on frame. Good things usually happen when you do that. Um, and you can get the goals, however, right. It's one, it's a point, no matter what. So however you get the ball in the net, that's how you get the ball in the net. Um, I also think like. My argument is Mal was injured and I think more than we realized. And so it took her a while to get back into form, but yeah. Um, yeah. I thought she had a really good game and a really good tournament. So yes. uh, yeah. I think when it comes to, I want to obviously focus a little bit on Trinity Robin because it was her, it was her international debut yes. in this game uh, because before the camp, if you guys recall, she wasn't on the roster. She was in the training camp roster by herself uh, because Vlaco said that she wasn't quite ready for prime time. And then a day later, she was thrust onto the team and, you know, made her debut in the first game. And to me, it did not seem like she wasn't ready for primetime. It seemed like she was, out, she was out there trying to make something happen. And what I like about her and some of the other newer cats, like uh, Ashley, uh, Ashley Sanchez, uh, Sophia Smith, in, you know, being kind of the veteran of the new crop, right? And then even Kat. We'll talk about Kat a little bit later. But I think they have a tendency for if they make a mistake, they file it away and they go, yeah, okay, noted. I'm a, you know, I, next time I'm in this spot, I know I won't do the same thing again. Right. And I think what I saw from Trinity in this first game was her trying a lot of stuff because she wanted to get that knowledge filed away. She wanted to say, okay, if I do this, it, this is not going to work. So, so what do you think just about her debut in general? Did you think it was ex- as expected or did you think she over or underperformed? I've, I think it was as expected. Like I don't, yeah. she didn't get a ton of time. Right. Um, but what I, what I've noticed about her, right. And it's, it's odd because she comes out in the challenge cup. She scores in her very first game. But what yeah. I've noticed about her is she's despite the coaching situation, right? Like she's incredibly coachable and she picks up on things incredibly quickly. She's got a steel trap in that head of hers. Right. So um, I, I don't agree that she's not ready for the moment. Right. I right. think her best way to learn is to play. Like she's just, she's playing. If she plays, she picks it up. Right. And she's always going to try stuff because that's her, her game. And she studies, she's a film watcher, right? She studies, she's talked about that. Um, I know Andre shout out to the tallest pod in us soccer. (laughs) Um, I know he talked, you know, she talked about that when, when he interviewed her, right? Like she particularly studies like Tobin and Kristen and like, just, you know, picking up on, on some other players, just sort of the tactics and the techniques and things that she can try and little tweaks here and there. Um, and sometimes she does it within a game, right? Like, you yeah. see it, I think of the championship game, the difference between the first half and the second half, where she was just like, okay, I know I can take over and win this game. Yep. Right. And 
I think you need that. Um, I thought it was a a good debut. Like I don't, again, yeah. the whole team struggled sort of with putting chances away and things like that. Yeah. But I, I thought it was cool to see her try. She had a really good chance um, on the left side um, sort of later in the game. And it was cool, right? She's from, I think she's from Newport, but like the LA County area, right? Her family mm-hmm. got to be there and see it. Um, and I, I understand trying to ease people in. I think, again, that harkens back particularly to like a Mallory Pugh. But again, I don't think that was her issue. I think the issue was she was hurt and didn't really do yeah. a good job of getting getting her healed. Um, and that's, that impacted her game more than anything else. I think once she healed and she was in an environment where she got her repetition back, she's fine, clearly. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think she'll be fine. I think the weight of expectation is something she seems to be able to handle. She seems mm-hmm. to have a good team around her. Um, and so I, I get Blacko's caution, but I'm also like, that's probably not the player you have to worry about. Yeah, that's you know, not like, – yeah. she was yeah. fine. Yeah. Because she almost scored when she first – Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ball. She almost like, – She had that header. Yeah. That header that the, the goalkeeper yeah. had to think about to make a save. So. Right, right, right. Right, yeah. right at that near post. Yeah, so – And then even her play with Ashley Hatch and Ashley Sanchez where, like, she was just, like, coming through trying stuff that, yeah, mm-hmm. if you had her on the game, if you had her switched in by the – at the start of second half, she probably scores. Yeah. Um, Cause she was like filling stuff out and then trying to figure out how do you break down the Czech Republic? Cause mm-hmm. it's like, she was watching the game on the side. So mm-hmm. that's what's cool. Yeah. Watching her, how she processes the game. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can see, I like to say, you can see her thinking and also very few people think like her. So like the, the thing, the way she sees the pitch, the way she sees in the moment, isn't average, right? We talk about this, black players, black Irish, whatever you want to call, like don't get the credit for being intelligent players. And she's an incredibly intelligent player and she takes instruction well, right? You want somebody who's smart and coachable and she is those things. And oh, by the way, supremely talented can play on both sides. Yeah. Um, you know, her left is apparently her weak foot, but she's learning to shoot with it. Um, so yeah, I think just doing doing things to make her game better. And she doesn't have the weight of a championship, right? Like she's won a championship already. So she never wins mm-hmm. another championship. She's won a club championship, right? So expectations look different for her. And it's really tied to the national team. And I think maybe she and Kat are the last two people I can think of who've had sort of that, that weight of expectation. And I think it's been handled, I don't know. We could talk about how it's been handled another day, but like, <laughs> um yeah I think you just have to let them play right those kind of minds mm-hmm. let them play yeah let them play. they'll figure it out mm-hmm. and and with the squad right like we we do have a mix of youth and and some veterans right but there's obviously some key veterans that you had mentioned before that are missing especially up front yes how does that how is that going to affect I mean they have the they have the freedom now to kind of try things and, and see how it goes but they really won't I don't think we will get a full integration until we have those players in camp. How do you think the dynamic of these younger players change when you get a Kristen press back in camp, when you get, I mean, I mean even Lindsay Horan and, and Tobin Heath and who play up front, Mega Rapino, Alex Morgan, there's so many that they could call in at any moment. How does that dynamic change? Do you think? Hmm. So it depends on the player. Mm-hmm. So in some cases it's like, um, so in the case of a Kristen, I think she would be good for this group because of how she sees the field, how she behaves, and how she drops back. Like, she can play any line, and you have the dynamic talent up front um, that exists that, like, yeah, their understanding of when to shoot, when to take chances, how to angle bodies, all this stuff, they can learn so much from actually playing with her. Um, And probably would integrate real smooth, and then, yeah, that's crazy. You got, like, a front line with her, Trinity, 
Midge, Jesus, Lynn, Jesus. (laughs) I think, yeah, I I think they need to see it, right? Like, I think there's something to, Mm -hmm. none of those, like, those combinations haven't really happened. I think it would be worthwhile. To me, she's one of the best finishers in the world, right? So I think there's something to, like, having somebody that kind of plays like you, right? Because I could argue her game fits now more than it's ever fit with the national team. Um, or even a Pino, right? Like for all part of why we love Pino is the bigger the game, the better she is, right? right. Like she mm-hmm. shows up in the biggest moment. She fears nothing, even when she should probably. <laughs> um, right. Or yeah, takes shots even when she shouldn't. Yeah, one leg um, in the calls, yeah. But, <laughs> but that, and they have it, right? They have that US arrogance that we sort of, you know, love about players, but the ability to parlay that arrogance I guess into goal scoring right and like you can make that shot right like you have the talent to make that shot and I think seeing veteran players who have talent in that way right we'll see in terms of where the young players end up in 10-15 years on on what level that is but who have similar games to them right and can be like okay in this moment do this or trust your instincts take the shot it get it on frame right um learn to angle your body, try the chances just because you think you can't do it. Doesn't mean you, you can't, um, or, eat, or you don't get frustrated. Cause I did see yeah, like, that too. In the, in yeah. the, both games, you could see some frustration at times mm-hmm. where it would be nice to even have like a Tobin Heath be like, it, it, uh, it, we keep, we keep going. You yeah. mess up, you run to spots and you go get the ball back. And, and I want them to be, you know, motivated, right. They want right. to win. You don't want to miss shots, but like you miss, like not to be cheesy, but you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Like, right. you know, just, you know, try it. This is a competitive tournament, but it's not a, it's not a qualifier. It's not a World Cup. It's not mm-hmm. an Olympics. Like you, you have the freedom to try some things while being in a competitive environment. And this is decent competition. Like maybe we didn't get the top European teams, but like these are all teams in the top 25. Like they're not slouch teams. Um, so really giving them a chance to, you know, face some competition. I would like to see it against a France and England, yes. uh, Spain, uh, things like that, where you have to be more probing and more patient. And some of that on the ball skill that we're sort of all salivating over, what does that look like? And then how do you finish chances in those, in those type of games, right? And when do you have to be a playmaker versus a goal scorer and all of those other things and dynamics and how to play with one another, right? right like, some mm-hmm. of it is you had a lot of people who either played in college together or play on teams together who were able to work some things out. Right. But outside of that, they really haven't had a ton of time together. And so trying to find those right combos amongst just the young players, much less folding the veterans back in. And I muted a lot of the broadcast yesterday, but I do, I'll give Fowdy credit on this. She was like, how do you fold those things back in? Right. Like that's not an envious job. Like how do you start to layer that? Because the truth is we're going to take a balanced team. If we, if we want to win, that would make the most sense. Um, you can't take a completely young team. You obviously can't take a veteran team that didn't work out for us at the Olympics. And so it's about finding that balance, you know, minus sort of like a third, a third, a third, right? You should have a third staunch veterans, a third sort of those in-betweeners like the Lavelles, the Sam Uses, like those people who are vets, but still kind of young. And then a third young, like you should be able to mix that in. And so that to me is a really good balance and then giving them at least like six to eight months to really be able to work together. Also, I would, even for the veterans, like, we can't, they can't possibly be running a 4-3-3. So, yeah, that's the, ab- the introduction of actually running, 
complicated systems that like we've dreamed about. And then what that shock looks like to some of these veterans who have historically might have played only one way or who have wanted to play another way. And what does that look like? Because even seeing somebody who is a in-between veteran like Rose, she was up there cooking. So, you know, having that ability to see what does that look like when you bring back somebody like Tobin Heath um, or you bring back Megan Rapino who plays like that for club, for all rain, you know, what does that look like when you're bringing some of these veteran players back? And then how do they adapt? Mm-hmm. And do you adapt correctly? Because like Kelly O'Hara, you're running into spaces you shouldn't be running into. Who it was that instruction by Blacko, or if that is you trying to make stuff happen, you need to be able to play with the youth, or you're going to be a problem going forward. So. And please, and please stop shooting. I'm, I'm begging. <laughs> yeah, pass. It's not. It's not happening. It's either got to be a shot, or you got pass. It's got to be a legitimate pass. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with that. Like seeing Rose be able to play with other people who can match her skill set has been wild. Like that, because she was it for a while and now there's a bunch of them. And she's like, oh, toys. Like, let's just go play. Let's mm-hmm. go be fun. Yeah. So, and it's a new way for us to play. We've never really played like this before. We don't, we've never had this talent before. Yeah, that's true too. I want to use that to segue into the second game because I, I think what was great about the She Believes Cup is that it kind of mimics what a group stage in a world cup could feel like. I mean, yeah. obviously we're going to have Sweden in, in the world cup. Cause that always happens. They seem yeah, to be in our no group every, every, every major tournament. But other than that, having a Czech Republic followed by New Zealand or something like that feels like a, a, a world cup group stage where there's a little bit more of a pressure. You don't win the first game. You come out swinging in the second one. And unfortunately for New Zealand's Michaela Moore, she was the, she was yeah. a victim of, of that yeah. three times in a row. Uh, I, first off, have you ever seen multiple own goals by the same person in a well, match? One the, no one's one, ever seen three. I that's, still maintain that's like midget that second. I still yeah, maintain that, that second one should have been midges. But that midge was a dog. That hit her <laughs> Yeah, I thought I still thought that was on midge because they changed it on the on the official thing. They changed it from own goal to midge to first goal. goal back to a back. Goal. Yeah. Um, but it hit so, her in the head. Yeah, I thought I was, it was like, what? she she celebrated like it was uh I mean calmly, but I was like, I thought she had it. But yeah. no, I have never seen anything like that. A yeah. hat trick of 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 uh own goals, and I felt really horrible. Like that's probably the worst game she's ever played, and it happened to be on national TV, right? Yeah, think- and everybody saw it, and it was a oh, Sunday ABC. and nothing else yeah. to watch. Right. Right. So um but, but, but she I- came back in the next game, by right. the way. So but I think it was more so is unlucky and it's it- and that is the kind of thing that's going to happen when you play with the right people and unleash a dynamic line. Because having Sophia Huerta at right back, and then you had that balance happening with Emily Fox. Oh, man, that's when it was just like onslaught. So Czech Republic could experience that in the first game if you did that first game, actually. You think about it, and I'm just keep it real. Because it was like, because you had the balance moving back and forth, as a result, like, it was like, you know, Oh, they're on this side of the field. Oh, now they're right in front of the goal. Oh, snap, on goal. Like, you, you're trying to be hero because you're kind of shook because Sophia Smith now has the ball and she was on the other side of the field 10 minutes ago, like 10 seconds ago. Yeah. Or Ms. Parks and Sophia Smith and McCaterine Macario are all in the box. Like, surprise, with Ashley Sanchez. Like, you know, it's happening so quickly, you're trying to make react. Yeah. And then it's quick. Or even with Midge going out, she was trying to cross the ball back and it bounced off. Yeah. Michaela and was it um, I I thought that game was interesting. So yes, I think, and this is not just my oil rain bias. I think there is a world of difference in Sophia Huerta is in the right yes. position. 
Oh, I, I think agree. one, she's a de- she's a re- good underrated defender. I would argue, yes. particularly because she's a naturally attacking player. Um, but two, man, does she have the best crosses on that team? Like yeah. just ability to. I can't think of many many others. Like maybe Pino on a good day, press something like. But like, just she's at she's so accurate with that cross. And in that game, we played almost that entire first half out wide, right? Like they were eating on the on the outsides, right? For a long time, we were on the other side, and you know, there's that crazy play by Sanchez, which I still maintain she kept the ball in. Um, that crazy <laughs> little foot. Oh man, oh what a two touch thing she did there. And that's the energy you want. Again, Sanchez tries stuff. Like she's just like, why not? Um, yeah. Let's see what happens. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I I respect that. It can go wrong, but I respect that. Um, and honestly, I like Emily Fox a lot. I think she's just on the right side of chaotic, <laughs> like just right. on the right side of chaotic. <laughs> um, like a little bit of like a Sergio Ramos type vibe. Like, yeah, you know what you're going to get. She's not quite as overly physical, but like eh, she teeters, but she's very good at what she does and isn't afraid to make those runs in, um, and can pass a beautiful ball. So I think that kind of energy matching on the outside gave those wingers a lot of space. Yep. because you're out you're right back in particular stayed back um mm-hmm. and that gave mitch purse a lot of room on that side to just eat and i i maintain mitch purse is our best one v one player right like just you can't knock her off the ball she has really good on the ball skills she's a great dribbler and she's almost always gonna blow by she's got the speed not to use the place and power but like she's got the speed to be able to get by most defenders on that wing and same on the other side because i think like you had sanchez and mm-hmm. smith over there mm-hmm. eating and those goals came from crosses in, right? Like, again, we weren't really driving in. Again, we weren't playing Cat as a false nine. So, like, there wasn't that service. And that looks very different in the second half when Hatch comes in. And, and if we're going to play with a traditional nine, like, that's what you want. You want a tall target that can do that. And, you know, she scores our first non-own goal. But it's also because Sophia Smith puts it on her head. Like that. Mm-hmm. Didn't move for that goal. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, Sophia worked it. Sorry, sorry. My bad. That's yeah. my right bet. Um, but puts it on her head. She didn't have to move for that. Yeah. And so, and that's what you want, right? Like you need somebody to be able to put those chances away and also need somebody to give them those chances. And so I thought there was a world of difference. I thought there was better interplay. I thought we still struggled centrally because after that goal, we sort of lost it in the middle again. Um, and I think that's going to be something we search for because nines in the game aren't really nines anymore. There aren't a lot of traditional nines. Yeah. Because, like, on Monday, when I saw France play the Netherlands, Katoto was out here running down the side, making, like, n- runs like an eight or a winger, but she's a nine, right? Like, right. it's mm-hmm. it's a different day, and we've got to be able to match that energy. So we've got to figure out some things in terms of the talent that we have. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and what go, that's going to look like. Yeah, you're going to have to have wingers being nines. Like, you yeah, you're going to have to do a lot, of, a lot of interplay. And I think yeah. a lot of clubs are doing that now. And so yeah. it's going to be, you know, I think Morgan and Hatch are sort of, and Hatch can play out wide a little bit too, but like, that's a dying breed. Like the Alex Morgan nine is a dying breed. Um, the game has changed. It's not anybody's fault. That's just how sports work. And so I think we're going to have to figure out that middle and that's why I'm like, maybe we try it, but it also takes a really long time to learn how to play false nine, particularly when it's not in the DNA of this country to do things like that and play a little more European, South American, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, but I also think the talent's not changing, right? Like it's going to veer more toward that than what it's been. And so we simply haven't had the players with that skill set before. And so, um, and I think, you know, as we, you know, we'll move on to the third game in a minute, right? it might be time to build around, around some of that 
that young talent. And so I'd like to see what it, what it looks like. And, and, you know, keeping in mind, like, a, I think Emily Fox is really good at that left back position. And so I'm hoping and praying that Vlaco has since maybe we can move Bristol down into the midfield. Right. You know what I mean? Something midfielder? like that who can sort of stabilize that and let those players be free. And maybe we're in a position where Becky doesn't play every game. I imagine she's going because she's a captain America and that we want her there. Um, but like, maybe she has to play every game and we have a cook or Davidson who can play a three at the back. Right. And so we can experiment and give all of that attacking talent on the ball skill room right. versus playing in the traditional four, three, three. So there's stuff to experiment with there for sure. I was definitely but saying if- uh, to some people that the, if we do our jobs right as, as America in developing some of these younger players, it's not that we will need Becky to play is that we will need her to play all three games and play exactly. every single minute. Like we mm-hmm. have basically relied on her to do, to be good the last three years because yeah. she's the best center defense person Still, on the yeah. planet. You have to, you, you make it where you trust someone else to be there and say, Hey, Becky, you can take the night off. You're good. We got, we got people behind you that can take, get the job done in your absence. And I think that's where these young kids are coming in, where they, where they're building that trust now so that Mm -hmm. when it comes time for this summer and Mm -hmm. you know, next summer, then they go, okay, yeah, you guys can cook. We, we like, we got you. And you know, vets, you can kind of hang back for a minute and and chill out for a little while, get that rest. Because again, like for, especially for Megan Rapinoe, who we know when the lights are on and everybody's coming after her, that's when she shines. You don't have to do that every game. We can yes. bring her out in the big when the lights are would, shining brightest. I would like our vets to be super subs. I would like our vets to only have to play one game in the group stages. I would like, like, I think they are necessary, but I would like to be able to save them for the knockout rounds. Like, I would like to be able mm-hmm. with that balance to be able to strategically do that. I think the center back position is one of those positions where we actually have that coming. We have a Davidson and we have a cook. And oh, by the way, Naomi Gurma is at home, right? I think if right. she starts, she starts off well. She's there too. And as somebody who's seen that in person, It is the real deal. Um, So like we have people who can take that and have the demeanor. Like, I don't think you can phase Monica. Like I just, she does not seem like she's phased by anything. As somebody who's had to, you know, do interview questions with her, nothing. She has the glare. I I, I know we're going towards the third game, but when I saw her come out the locker room in Dallas, in Frisco, she had, they look like a, a, a nothing like this weather ain't nothing stopping me today. Like she she has that, she has a stare. She seems like, the Becky demeanor, like, yeah. I got it. Like, I yeah. got it. Unflappable. I would yeah. trust her with it. Like, I got it. Um, and that partnership, right? And there's no learning curve, right? She and Davison played together. together right. So they already know how to read each other. And they happen to play on the right and the left, right? Yeah. Like, there's no conflict. And they, and, accidentally, so, and they accidentally slipped into a three-back at one point where it was like, oh, It's whatever. doable. And again, I would like to be and able you didn't to notice. play a three-back. Yeah. <laughs> like, you had to be yeah. paying attention to notice because it was, it seemed so fluid when they did yeah. it and we conceded no goals in this tournament right so i think there is a testament to no loud defender is a good it's good defense right and i you know i'll even give props to your girl who played all three games andy sullivan like as that six right is we're so worried about will juliards ever play again and people have been telling you andy sullivan's the one i didn't hear a peep about andy sullivan because andy sullivan did her damn job right, job. <laughs> right. so and she's a leader, right? Same demeanor. She's pretty unflappable. Like she understands her role. You know, she can she can deliver passes if she needs to, but she is that protection in front of those backs. If you play a three back, same thing. And maybe that's when you switch to two sixes. That's that's a different conversation. But that's even like you didn't even yeah. you didn't you didn't hear about Andy Sullivan because she even dropped into the three back and then Sophia's worked and went up. I've seen her do it, well, you know, for a club team when they were a man, a person down yeah. or a woman down, you know, like 
she's pretty flexible in that way. And, you know, my, my standard argument is I don't know what Sanford's teaching on defense, but they're doing it well. And they should probably write a book about it because they just churn out defenders that can defend. Like, and I'm very big on like make defenders defend again, right? Like everybody can't be outside back that runs up into the attack. So um, yeah, I, I think that's the position I'm least worried about actually, is that I think we have a really good young core coming through that central defense um, where Becky can take a break. And it's not all on her anymore. And she deserves that. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But on the other side, more from Sky and Sills right here on the Stars and Stripes XC podcast. Stick around. Guy, I want to I want to shift to the third game, and and you know we got to talk about it. We got to talk about the first goal, uh, five nothing by the way against New Zealand. Uh, of course, three of those being the own goals, unfortunately. But uh, we also had another five nil scoreline against Iceland in the cold in Frisco. I was there last night, uh, but we got to talk about Cat's first goal. I, oh I will God. tell you, I, I want to know right. what it what it looked like. I want to talk TV. about the second one, so y'all go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so... I, I want to know what it looked like on TV because it looked. It, it looked great. It looked like, it looked, we screamed. It looked like, it looked like Jesus. Me and my um, roommate were looking. Yeah, me and my roommate were sitting on a couch. And I was like, is she about to score? And like, it was like, ah, we screamed. Because it was like, oh my God. I was I like, ran holy shit. I ran down my hallway. So my I was dad, like, yo. My, my parents are here. And so my dad's like, oh, there's a game? Like, can I watch it with you? And so I was like, yeah. And he, you know. My dad's the person who's like always paid attention to the black players and, you know, got me in, you know, Brian Scurry, sort of the first person we knew um, in soccer that we watched when we watched together. And uh, yeah, he's a cat. He's a cat Macario fan now. He was like, holy, mm-hmm. like he doesn't know much, but he yeah, knows yeah, that. Yeah. That's not, exactly. That's not a goal. That's that what hit every day. I screamed because I was like, oh my God. You shouldn't have shot it. There's no that, reason for her to shoot that goal. Yeah, she does well, shoot first, that goal because she's been. I doing mean, audacity, that. audacity. Yeah, but like, she has audacity. Defenders. She's between two defenders. Like, there's yeah, no but what did that look like in person? Because yeah. look, Jesus. so I was online with it. <laughs> I was in line with it. So first of all, everything went in slow motion. I was drumming. Uh, even even me drumming was just like you were, slow you were motion. You on TV drumming, the drum. by the way. Yeah, yeah like yeah. So when the ball was hit, like you just hear just like a you just hear like the wind whistle. You're like, wow, that's a sh- is that a shot? That is a shot. It's not going to go in. Because if you remember, like in the first half, we had so many of those that were just yeah. creeping past the line. Right. So this one, everybody's kind of like, oh, another one's going past the line. And then you saw it just curl just a little bit. Everybody's like, oh, my, oh, my goodness. So we I think we all like I think I have my hands in the air like yeah, that's going in as it hits the post. It goes in. But man, Yo, that was um, that was I yeah. said they were mad. She didn't call. She didn't call bank on that. Yeah, a shot. <laughs> hey, that's a shy butter. Uh, no, that's uh, shy butter know. boom. That was yeah. like a yo, you yell. No, you don't yell, Kobe. You yell, Marta. But uh, no, nah, like you, like, yeah, it was like, yeah, is that a shot? That is a shot. And I was like, yo, <laughs> she froze. There was nothing that goalkeeper could do. Like, done. Like, you can't like, yeah. bounce off. Oh, Sometimes the other player is just too good. Like, and that's yeah. one but, of those where I'm like, that's Cat yeah. like, the worst that... feeling for a goalkeeper. The worst keeper. Keeper feeling is when you just have to watch and you have this look on your face as it hits the post, it goes in. You have that look like, y'all want me to stop that? Like, that's right. not my job. I'm, I'm not just a goalkeeper. I, no, that's that. a, I mean, I was a goalkeeper and I basically was like, that's when that happens, you just go, too good. It's too good. good, mm-hmm. man. Too good. Speaking that's of too good, good, somehow she decided to double up on that. No, no, no. All right, I want to talk about this. Yeah, still, take it away. Go. 
Because how she got her body around that ball. Because please understand, when she gets the ball, she's running away right. from the center and away from the goal. Like she's right. parallel to the goal, running to the ball like she's going to pass it. Right. Torques her body and hip just enough to get around it. She doesn't completely get her momentum behind it until after the ball's gone. And it's a chip shot. And I'm just like, she did not. I'm like, I she did it, not. I she's doing it. And it was hilarious because I'm like, see not, Mallory too running, running onto the ball. Yeah, Mal knew, which is wild. So clearly they've been working on some stuff. Uh-huh. Because when she's running onto the ball, I'm like, there's no world where I think she's going to take a shot. There's no reason to take that shot. And that's the one where I'm like, that's why she's the one. That's why she's the one. No, that was a good chip. No, I saw that. Aud- but the audacity would be like, I'm going to shoot this. But I knew she was going to do that. <laughs> and yeah, yes, her and Mal have been playing together. But Mal, it was funny when Mal was like, oh, she's shooting that. Let me go okay. then, run into the goal. she like moved, she's moved back so it didn't bounce off of her into the net. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I figured she was going to do it because when she turned, I was like, oh, she's going to shoot the goalkeeper. Yeah. The goalkeeper going to be trying. Because she would have gonna- been off her line because no, the goalkeeper wouldn't have thought that was going to be a shot, right? So the goalkeeper would have mm-hmm. come over and she could have chipped her. And I'm just like, there's a handful of players in the world who think I can shoot that. When they're making yeah. the run to the ball. Yeah, a shot is going to be that on was coming. Line. No, I, I knew that was coming. But knew, she's one of them, and I'm just like, there's not a thing you can do about that. That was right in the corner where we were, and from our angle, it looked like, I mean, she was running straight. It looked like she was running towards, like, straight yeah, to the sideline. She wasn't, exactly. It's not like she was running at an angle. She yeah. was running straight to the ball. She's straight, and then she just curved her yeah, body. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I figured she was, so I figured she was turning to shoot. I figured she was, well, and I was like, she was going to chip the, because as a goalkeeper, I was like, she's going to chip the goalkeeper when she goes forth, because she tried to shoot before the previous play, whatever, when she missed the shot, whatever, previously, she was going, I was like, oh, when she, she's going to try to shoot, chip the goalkeeper. Yeah. That's going to suck, because yeah. as a goalkeeper, that in was, the moment, you're like, ah, but There's yeah. nothing she could do. That was one where, it, again, she turned, in our angle, it, it, it wasn't clear whether it was a shot or, or a chip, uh-huh. but when she turned it, I was just kind of like, get in there, like, what, like why, yeah. why not, right? And then you see the goal again. You see the goalkeeper go like, "Oh, oh, I missed that. That's that might be going in." And then as soon yeah. as it like dips, <laughs> yeah, and you see. I don't know who it was that was running. It's Mal. But they Mal had, ran on into yeah, the net yeah. just in case. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> yeah, just in case. But Mal's like in the goal, and she basically like almost catches it. She's like, "Yeah, ah, that's in. <laughs> that's good." Yeah. But um, I'm just like, like the but the like again. There's a handful of players who try that shot. Like there's a handful of players, and I can't even think of them on top of my head. Like that have the nerve to be like, yeah, I can shoot that. And I know she's off her line. Yeah. And on the first one, she looked where the goalkeeper was before she took that shot. That's why. Yeah, she took, mm-hmm. it. Yeah, um, she took it. She, she took knew a exactly where she was. That's why uh, actually, because of Cat's tendencies, I was like, she missed it. She's going to try to shoot again within that frame. That's why I was in shot. And I could see mm. where the goalkeeper was. And I was like, yeah, that's going to suck. I've yeah. been there. I've lived that life. Yeah. And she, yeah, she's, she's a little arrogant. I enjoy that. I enjoy it. And she you, said after the game, because they asked her, she meant it. She's like, I mean, every shot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <I> was <laughs> no, I didn't mean to shoot it. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that beautiful thing that you did. just saw. I just, yeah. I just, I it shanked it. No. Yeah. Um. But no, you you mentioned the the link up play between Cat and uh, Mallory Pugh. They did link together on a goal. Obviously, that was one where yes. where Cat could have got her hat trick, but instead yeah. she yeah, passed she it off to, pass to completely unselfish. Mallory Pugh. Yes. Pugh got two. Cat got two. And I feel like the two of them just all night were on a, a wavelength that no one else on the field was on. They, yeah, they were on a different level. And because we stayed and watched the uh, Czech Republic-Iceland game, that was very much – I thought the Czech Republic was the better team and they simply couldn't finish their chances. Sports, yeah. And number six for them was it Kor- Kor- 
Koryova. I'm sorry, Sophie, if I said it incorrectly, I'm a practice. But um, she gets on me for not saying uh, <laughs> European names correctly. But um, like, I thought she was one of the best players in the tournament. It was eating them alive on the wings. And I'm like, if you watch any film, if you're the US, I'm like, yeah, we're going to eat because they can't stop that type of, of runner yeah, on, the, right. on the wings. And I'm like, oh, Mal P is going to eat because they can't stop that. And so it it didn't surprise me. It's it is interesting how quickly they've learned to link up. And I'll I'll give Ashley Sanchez a shout as well. That pass she laid in for that first Mal Pugh goal. Yes, chef's kiss. Um, Mal was off. We're not gonna talk about that though. (laughs) She was off. There's no bar. There's no bar. It was just a little toe. It was just a little tad toe. Mm. No, nope, not gonna count it. Um, but that was a beautiful pass. I'm like, it deserved a goal, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, like I was like, that Iceland defense isn't quite staunch enough um to shut that down. And that's something they need to work on, right? Because they're playing this tournament to get ready for the Euros this summer. And they're in a hard group, but like they got a shot, they got right. talent. Um, they just have to sort of put it together. So hopefully, if they play a couple more tournaments, they can. And they, they can need to learn out. how to switch sides. With yeah, their best and they're forward. pretty young too. So like mm-hmm. they, you know, that was a learning experience for them. And I think the Czechs are in a fight to get into the World Cup. And so, um, people, you know, had had reasons to play. Um, and I think that's a legitimate team. But yeah, I was like, when I saw that Czech Republic Iceland game, I'm like, if he plays the right people on the wings and then on an attacking line they're going to eat them alive because they just don't have it to stop that for 90 minutes um and i even thought the subs were good right christy mutis ends up getting the goal on the fifth goal on an assist to mitch who again best 1v1 player just ate them up on the corner dinks it in and gotham fans rejoice right because (laughs) that's a gotham goal lynn williams could have had a two goal about a couple goals because she was up there just living like yeah, they were eating. And them so up. it's gonna, you know, I think we're in a good place in that. Hey, there are gonna be people. It's only twenty three spots, right? There's gonna be people we really like who have sublime talent who probably start on most other people's teams who aren't gonna make it. I'd rather be spoiled for choice. I'd, I'd rather have that, and particularly having younger talent. And I, I feel a way about the age conversation because I think it's more quality of play than it is age. Um, I mean, Formiga was good at forty, so it, you know you can be good. I mean, starting in the Champions League game and doing really well so it is also about the the talent level not just the age um and and being cautious and where you know wear and tear how much has a person actually played all of that comes into play um but i again i think we're in a really good place where yeah we can have the balance we kind of always wanted um and i think it'll push the vets like i think i saw pino like go up for that like lost her mind over that katarina macario goal so there's not necessarily jealousy but that's going to push them for their club teams, right? Right. And if, mm-hmm. if it's and if we're truly about club play, for truly like it is based on how you play for club, it's on. Like, and right. that's what Tell we love about this team. Fire. But that's what we love about this team, right? The the best competitions are the practices for the United States Women's National Team. Like they go, it's right. a bloodbath. Like they go at each other, and I think that's what those young kids got to learn. Like you gonna get your ass busted a little bit here from time to time, but um, but that's what we want, and so we get the twenty three best players for the tactics that we have that we're deploying um I think there's not a lot to talk about like I said we kept the clean sheet I I don't see Casey Murphy not going at this point um yeah I think she's in there she might be the one um but listen there got to play as well so um I think that's it and then I think there's probably a battle for that third spot between AD and, and Aubrey so um so yeah we'll we'll see but I think we have a deeper goalkeeper pool than we've ever had. So that's also very, yeah. Reasonable. I mean, you, you didn't even mention Jane Campbell and she's had a couple I, I, like way, like you yeah. kind of throw her into that 
Nick, yeah, she may not be, I, yeah, I think there's probably a battle for that but, third spot. But yeah, I, I think at yeah. this point it's probably, you know, those four fighting for three spots. So, um, but yeah, I think we have depth everywhere, finally. Um, I hope we can get that midfield sorted out. You know, obviously we're waiting for like a Samuels to come back. Crystal Dunn's obviously pregnant. Like we do have some people, you know, in the mix who can't play right now for any number of reasons. And so, um, yeah, I think now the next couple of camps, I think what we have April and June um, before qualifiers to really see where mm-hmm. people are. And then we'll learn some things when he calls up that qualifying squad. So yeah, sorry, the lights in my office went off. <laughs> I mean, I also would like to see more depth at outside back with actually outside backs. Like, so bring in from the champion NWSL team. Well, she's now with the San Diego Wave, uh, Tegan McGrady. But then mm-hmm. look at somebody like Kiki Pickett. Look at somebody like Capri Sadasco. Yeah. Sarah Gordon can play yeah. both sides. Because when you play, Sarah Gordon shut down three of the best players in the world for France in a in a game. So it's like you need that kind of outside back ability, mm-hmm. you know, defensive ability if you're going to the World Cup. So, or even when you play somebody like Mexico, because Mexico out here. They the, the bright the stars are gone. They out here balling yeah. and dropping ten goals on people. Yeah. Um. So you need that playing them or playing Jamaica, um, mm. because it's not going to be a walk through the park no. or Canada. Right. I mean, look at not you know I know you're talking about U.S. but like again Arnold Clark Cup is going on the Tournoi de France is going on and the Algarve were going on at the same time. So you got to see some of the other other top teams. I think particularly. Arnold Clark in the in the French uh, competition, you got to see sort of those top ten teams in in action, and yeah, some of that's scary. Like we gotta we gotta get ourselves. I I've only seen as as the minister of the Church of Marie Antoinette Catotin, um, is my girl. Uh, the only person I've seen her fear is Aragorn. Like yeah. I've genuinely be like, where the hell? Like y'all have that here? Like what's like the ability to be able to keep up with that? Nobody else is stopping it. The Netherlands surely didn't. Brazil surely didn't. Uh, who else is in that? I mean, Finland isn't necessarily ranked as high, but like that score, like she scores against everyone. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And in, while she scored in that game, like it was harder for her than I've seen. Um, and so you like thinking along those lines, like, and being able to set those dif- defenses differently, like against the Spain or even against the England, right? Who I don't know how good Wegman is, but she's not Neville, right? So that team's going to look better and it's got talent. And right. Um, you know, Canada, I think, has proven they aren't a fluke. Right. Um, in terms of a team, I think they had a really good tournament. Um, and that back line is so good. And to, for my money, Ashley Lawrence is the best outside back in the world. And just they've got talent on every line too. And they're getting younger. It's not just Christine Sinclair and them girls anymore, right? Like it's a different, it's a different day. And so even getting out of getting through CONCACAF or winning qualifiers, you know, you talked about Mexico, that team's not scared anymore, and it's young and it's hungry. And they have a heck of a coach and like Liga and Mackie Femme has just prepared them. Like they, and they shoot, but they don't care. They don't mm-hmm. care. And That's so you need a defense for that. And even like the, and you're the starting fans, to see Americans like me official go there. Yeah, to, exactly. to get that experience and get that to get, knowledge to, and learn how to play a different way. And, and, and in that atmosphere, nothing's going to scare them. Mexican soccer is some has some of the most rabid fans on the planet. Like they chase Caddy Martinez in her car every day. Right. Like, the the loyalty good or bad that that's going to prepare them right and and you mentioned me official even you mentioned the people coming from the u23 system right like me official showed up on this team it wouldn't shock me if you know a couple of the other u23 players showed up on the team it wouldn't shock me and so 
Um, yeah, I, I think the pool is incredibly deep and some young players aren't going to go until 2027 and that's okay. Right. Like there's, there's also club world cups for the, you know, club world cups for U twenties too. And getting them that experience, but we're spoiled. Like, I, I think this is the most talent we've ever had. Yeah. And um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited that a lot of it looks like us and, and I'm ready. Like we can, we can do this. We can do this, but we got to do it smartly. Yes. I think that's a great way to end this part uh, of the She Believes Cup recap. I thought you guys, uh, again, it was great to meet you both out in uh, yes. LA. Finally, we've talked yeah. on Zooms before, but it was great to meet in person. But I want to talk about you guys very quickly uh, and your podcast for those people out there who listen to this show who may not have listened to Shaber FC. What what can we expect when we when we listen to you guys on the podcast? What what is what is your what is your mo? Oh. Hmm. Well, elevating the voices, experiences, the everything of Black women, non-binary, uh, non-binary Black non-binary players people, entity, staff, everybody under the sun in this Walsall space to support the groups, um, mm-hmm. to get people exposure, um, and also to give uh, a look in from a Black perspective and a voice, a voice of, there's a bajillion voices, but to give, to be seen and to be heard about mm-hmm. some things and how we see the game um, and perspectives and things that exist, because currently in the United States in particular, it's overtly white in terms of how things are presented, commentated, looked at, media, everything in between, mm-hmm. that it's, you're then keeping out what's the beautiful game and the diversity of it um, and the beauty of the culture of what it could be. Um, but given a perspective in terms of like what it would look like from a, what it looks like from a Black perspective and then what it could possibly be, because we talk from anything from fashion to... Uh, to uh fan culture game day culture yeah game day culture all that stuff um like yeah all of it like sponsorships like all sort of all of the things that i think one particular culture has permeated and has left out the game isn't white yeah but the access to the game is and so really trying to say like this is what it can look like if while also elevating the people who are who are already there and as we know it's really hard to be a black black player in the United yeah. States and to break through, particularly on a national team level, but even on a club team level. And right, like, right. like Sky said, how you're viewed, how your talents viewed, all of those things and the staff, right? You don't have a, a lot of people in front offices. You don't, you clearly don't have coaches you, or there are coaches, but they don't get the opportunities. Um, you know, technical staff, sort of all of those people, uh, you, uh, you know, marketing all of it, right? Like it's just, we're not anywhere near the numbers we should be for right. the amount of, our kids that play this sport, right? Or the fact that kids stop playing this sport, yeah. you know, around a certain age because the money's too much. There's nobody that looks like them. They don't keep going. They don't see right. themselves. So even just getting those players out there so that little girls and non-binary kids can see them and be like, oh, somebody who looks like me and plays like me is right. out here wearing the United States colors or wearing my club team's colors or playing in my college even like, right. and getting them access to that and if you see yourself, you can be yourself. You know what right, I mean? Like, I right. think that representation is not everything, but it, sure, it surely matters. And so really just trying to open up American soccer for that. Um, right. uh, additionally, in, in all areas, yeah. Oh, yeah. Additionally, uh, looking at, you know, from perspective of marketing and branding, you know, from a Black perspective, from like why Black support groups are important. We had mm-hmm. Rose Room. We had Chicago Black Fires on. Mm-hmm. So I can talk about their 
journey and why they've come into existence and then the things they deal with within their own cities um but then exploring like you know why why it matters how you market to different groups if you want them to appear what it needs to look like from a game day experience even Mm -hmm. before you get into the stadium when you're in the stadium if you're gonna want people who look like us to be there Mm -hmm. and participate to like hey this what's going on this why people ain't buying your merchandise like Mm -hmm. to like various possibilities of things that you could use to not just grow the yeah. team culture uh, for people to show up on the game day, but how you can help change the neighborhoods and communities yeah. around that exist. And I think one, like not small piece, but one, one last piece is also like our ability to actually cover the game, to break down tactics, to talk about the game. We love, it's the best sport. Like for me, I love very few things more like my mom, my dad, and some other, like, I love very few things more than I love the sport, even when it drives me mad. Right. Right. Um, so really to be able to talk about that and to show that like, we know what we're watching and to be able to promote the game and bring people in. So like my mom knows nothing about the sport, but she can yeah. listen to the podcast and at least know, okay, one through 11 or, you know, how, how a game breaks down in 90 minutes, like the very basics of the sport. So here to educate people about that as well. And, to have, you know, we're not journalists by trade, but to have journalistic integrity and to cover the game from a black person's perspective, because well, so journalism is also very white, right? Like how the game is covered is very white. And so really trying to bridge that gap and get the access into those spaces and be able to change that perspective. So we're not stuck on pace and power or they're fast or they can't play midfield or Mm -hmm. all of those things that come with the overt and covert racism that permeates the sport. Yeah. So um, just trying to brighten the corner we're in and, and have an impact and, yeah, and then, share and, the game with people. Yeah, and also empower people, you know, bring people along yeah. in the mix. Um, we have some people who are working with us, hey Nubia, hey Georgia, <laughs> who are helping in terms of not helping us grow our brand and get exposure, but bringing in stuff, highlighting players, like um, highlighting the black players of the last NWSL draft to, mm-hmm throughout the course of Black History Month, but then also, you know, having a chance to, you know, connect with um, different support groups and something that's going to appear later, but like, you know, being a space for people to communicate, to get the access that doesn't exist. Because as we learn, mm-hmm. as we grow our podcast, you know, we trying to open doors for other people to, to come through um, and feel empowered, so... And then just making sure people aren't, aren't erased, right? So we elevate yeah. the names of the people, this Zakia Firewaters, the Kaya McCullough, the people who've put their names and their necks right. and their careers online to make sure you remember them uh, no matter what, right? And how much they've impacted this sport and obviously, and honestly, the conversations in this country. So um, just really, really trying to, to keep them in the conscience of people as well, because it's very easy in this country, not just in soccer, but everywhere to erase Black women. So we want to yep. make sure we're doing that. Yeah, we definitely appreciate that. And, and and me personally, I think what I appreciate the most about your show is that you guys came out, you just came out the corner swinging. You didn't, you didn't ease in. <laughs> yes. Yes. Whatsoever. Uh, you came out swinging. You, you, you talked about stuff that people weren't talking about. You highlighted some, some stories that people weren't discussing. And I like that you link with other podcasts. Uh, I mean, yeah. obviously you have the whole, uh, as, I, as, as I said before, you have the whole culture verse. But yeah. you guys link with different supporters groups who have been entering this space and getting their, you know, stories out there as to why, not necessarily how they form, because mm-hmm. we always ask how, 
but we never ask why it's needed or why they felt that they needed to create that space for themselves. And I think you guys do a great job of that, not just for, for black women and non-binary women, but for everybody in the people of color in the space. So I really appreciate that part, uh, but for all the episodes that you've done so far, I believe you're on 36 with a few parts here and there. Uh, what's the one that's kind of stood out to you that you're like, this is the one that this is why we made this show. Like, this is the one that you can hang your, hang your proverbial hat on. Oh man, that's hard. It's complicated. I know. I got, I'm like, I, got, I, got multiple, yeah. I got layers. I got layers. So yeah. layers. Yeah. Okay. So I Go think one that was transformative was, you know, we talk and stuff, you know, we did this to be heard. But then when we did spaces and we mm. actually then we interviewed players for the first time, but then we actually connected with people who listened to our show. And so, you know, we were tired. But then yes. to hear people like the first time we met Nubia effectively and actually talk to them, um, yeah. like to hear and other people to go, yo, I listen to you because it's like cool to be seen. Like mm-hmm. that was like real. And it's yeah. like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. and uh I think that per- that sticks, or even hearing somebody like Sydney Cummins, yeah. like you had no idea about her because they weren't covering her, hearing her all the things that we should have heard pre-draft about her evolution and then things experiences, it was like, man, you know, that's powerful. <laughs> um uh other than that, I mean, yeah, yeah. Interviews. I mean, uh, yeah, the interviews, like, I, I think the spaces interviews were really seminal in that I think, yeah, it's the first time where we really got to hear verbally confirmation that, hey, the thing you're doing is working and it's reaching the people it needs to reach and it's empowering other people in the soccer, you know, the Woso space to, to speak out and see, see themselves and, and feel heard and, and use their own voice and their own talents and see it as a possibility. Um, so even when we say representation matters, like being on the other side of that matters to us. And, you know, I work with young people all the time. And so really letting them feel empowered and letting them know that their talent is necessary and it works in this space and they can do what they want and helping them in any way that we can is always important. Um, I think all of the spaces were really good. I think you had different levels of player, right? You had a vet, you had somebody in between, you had a rookie, but a lot of the feedback I get is about that Sydney Cummings interview. I think just because she made very plain and from her own lived experience, things we've always said about what it is to be a black woman or a black, not very binary person in this sport. Um, I think she was able to articulate that. That Ivy League education probably helps. <laughs> but um, like being able to art, you know, say that in a way where it connected with non-black people. I think that was really important. I think the supporter group ones are fun just because we got to interview our friends. Like that's pretty nice. Right. Um, our crossovers with that the Talos Pod, uh, Diaspora United have always, always been really been fun. Um, we always go over, but like again, that's just like, oh, we we talk all the time, like we get to make shows with people we're really cool with. Um and I know there's been a few, uh, you know, we open, we call it opening the library. And I think there's a few things we've said that, that sort of resonated with people. And we find out, oh, people really are listening. And I'm always still blown away that people listen. Um, but I'm, I'm really grateful. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad they're listening. And I hope, I hope it's reaching the people that it, that it needs to reach so we can make this place a little safer, you know, for everybody coming who doesn't, you know, doesn't look the part of sort oh, of American soccer. I will say also when we interviewed Morali and she yeah, talked about, basketball um yeah. and that was the first time in a while and I thought back to me even playing how I played mm-hmm. like it was based off basketball 
because we had no instruction, you know, the having a real deep discussion over the course of that mm. conversation. That was a good um, one. and just talking about a bunch of stuff we've talked about before, but having somebody who's playing professionally see the same things. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yo, this is what's up. So yeah, the interviews have definitely been eye-opening. Yeah, we could talk to Mariah forever. But yeah. um, yeah, I think that validation too, like, yeah, how you see the game is how I see the game and I'm playing the game, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. the player, yeah, I think the player interviews have been sort of watershed and just being able to have fun and highlight yeah. some of the goals. Like, I think when it was, uh, we played like Jamaica and Nigeria, those were fun games, right? Like, just being able to have conversations and seeing a lot of the players that, you know, we've always liked, you know, getting a chance on the national team and and doing that. And I would just like to shout out our first episode because in our first episode, we gave y'all five players to look for and we were right about them all. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, we're right, sense. we're right more than we're wrong. So I just yeah, want right. to, you know, give ourselves props. Like the way we see the game is pretty accurate. So yeah. um, we know what we're talking about. And so that's also a really good validation. But yeah, I'm excited every anytime somebody says they listen and appreciate what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. As you guys go forward, I mean, we're, we're running out, running short on time, but as you go forward, is there one thing that you're trying to do with the podcast? One person you're trying to interview, if you're like, hey, if they're listening to this show right now, which uh, I, they probably aren't, but if they are, you're saying, hey, I want to interview you for the, for the Shea Butter FC podcast, who would it be? I'm Steph Curry. I'm going to pull up for three. Yo, Crystal Dunn, where you at? Hey, yeah. <laughs> also with Chris and Press. Yeah, where you at? <laughs> a joint we I, do, do the joint episode i'm I'm, do, I'm down with that like, I, however they want to however they want to give us their time that is precious is fine with me i think that would have to be a mini series but i mean i don't think we've start, made yeah we can do a, a lot to talk about all the, whole, yeah, all we, the black people on the national team yeah honestly yeah. but like, <laughs> like i think we've made the, no bones I, I think we've made no bones crystal and Kristen are yeah girls, but uh yeah uh but any, all of them are are all of the ones all of them all of them but you said shoot for the stars i'm like steph curry from half court why not Hey. in the gym just walking in the gym boom just walking right, yeah. <laughs> i mean he hit 16 the other night you know hope you know that, hopefully hey, this one goes star, star i would, I would love yeah. to be a flat wall on that one so yeah 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 uh so before we get out of here why don't you tell the people where they can find you both and the podcast uh sky let's go with you first oh lord okay so i'm on the twitter on the at the s-k-y-5-f-y-e yeah f-u-t-b-o-l um scott football on twitter uh you can find us our podcast at uh on the interwebs at shaybutterfc.com um but then also sbfc underscore podcast on twitter on ig where can i find you sky i mean sills my bad uh so yes i'm on twitter as well um i'm at southern sills um I'm not hard to find, uh, apparently. Um, and in theory, I have an Instagram, but I'm never on it. So don't do that. Like, it's yeah, just going to disappoint. It's just going to be upset. You, honestly. Be mad. Yeah. Uh, go to the show one. It's much more active. Uh, but yeah, and also you can find me from time to time. Uh, like, like Sky said, we have a website. So doing some writing for that. Uh, yeah, pl- you can plug your upcoming <laughs> article. Uh, yes, I have an upcoming article. Uh, it's going to be titled The Fallacy of Pace and Power. So that's going to drop soon um and you can find me on there on our website two cents uh the culture verse as you said and then i'm also a writer um for uh ol rain uh so bleacher report so i do some of our game recaps and then some of the other pieces on the players for ol rain and other than that you'll see members of our shea butter team in the streets and you'll see other things in the future that we can't disclose yet but yes yeah we're working on some good stuff we're out here 
Yeah. yeah. You know what? And that means you guys should go, go to the website, go to the podcast, subscribe to it. Uh, make sure, because if you turn on notifications, you will get all this information <laughs> yes. de- delivered to you. You ain't got to go yes. search for it. Uh, you don't want to search for some of this stuff because it's really, really good. Sky Sills, the co-host of the Shea Butter FC podcast. Thank you so much. It was, it, again, it was great to meet you guys in person. Yes. Thanks for Same all, thanks for all you both are doing to, you know, add to the space and shine a light on black women in this space because it's badly needed. I know I greatly appreciate it because even I, you know, I try to highlight some of them and I know I can do better, but that's where you guys have come in to really provide that, that backbone and foundation of information. So I really appreciate both of you, not just for being on the show, but for what you're doing and what you continue to do. Thank yeah, you. man. We appreciate you too and all the work. You yeah. Do. For sure. Bang it on the drums. Yeah. Get them holding down, <laughs> holding down the whole scene, man. You you do yeah. you do a lot. Of, I saw a lot this weekend. You do a lot, man. You do a lot. Right, you right. do a lot. I'm a, I'm gonna go sleep. I'm gonna go sleep. <laughs> <laughs>Again, I really appreciate Sky and Sills from the Shea Butter FC podcast for joining me. And that will do it for episode 75 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Remember, go follow them, Shea Butter FC podcast. They're available wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also subscribe to this podcast if you have not done it yet. Rates and reviews are awesome and they really help. So five stars if you like what you're hearing. If you have questions for me or for the show or you have topic suggestions, send them to ssfcpodcast at gmail.com. So for Sky and for Sills, until next time, take care.